0: Hi fam. I'm Katie. And this is Ginny. And we we are are the Gabby Gabby Girls. Happy frickin' Monday. Welcome back to another episode of Gabby Girls. It is Friday for Ginny and I and we have popped the bubbles. It's a vibe. How are you today, Ginny? Cheers to that.
1: I'm better now. I had a good day. I had like I got up this morning, I plunged, I worked out, but I was feeling like tired all day for some reason. And now when I saw mm-hmm. your face, I was feeling a lot better. So
0: mm-hmm. yeah. How are you? I've been having that kind of week. It's been a lot. You know, I just feel like the time is crazy. Um, and I can't believe it's been a week. It feels like it's almost been a month, but then it also felt really short. Um, so yeah, it's just I'm kind of in the same boat. And I when I was like, you know getting mentally ready for this episode, I was like, I'm bringing the fucking energy. I may not have it in me, but I'm bringing it because like I need it. And so I'm glad that you're feeling it. Yeah, me too.
1: Sometimes I think like you got to bring the energy and you give it to yourself also, you know? Sometimes if you're like, all right, Mm -hmm, we're going to do this. Let me just give it my all. And then I like just start to feel better.
0: Yep. No, I feel the exact same way. Wait, so now that you spoke about kind of like your routine in the morning, can you tell me what is your daily routine? Like I love to know what people how habitual they are or how like, I guess, routine and have what tendencies they have because it really, really fascinates me.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I used to have a really serious morning routine. I'll say this like four years of my life, like all high school through college. I had the same routine. I would wake up every morning pretty early, like around six thirty, brush my teeth, um, eat oatmeal for breakfast every single day with half a banana and some peanut butter <laughs> and then go to class, work, whatever. I don't really have a routine anymore. Um, I don't get up at the same time every day. I don't do the same things every day. (laughs) So I'm kind of off the rails, if you will, but it feels good. So I'll tell you, like today I got up at, I think I got up at seven, had a cup of coffee. I'm reading this really good book right now. So I read for a little bit, Checked my emails. Then I went to Deb's to plunge. And we were supposed to have like a bunch of people up there, but people are sick around here right now. Like everyone had a COVID? sore throat. I don't know. Uh, like one of the local golf courses had an outbreak of COVID. they like six employees or something were sick this week. So I don't know if it's just spreading around or whatnot, but a few people wrote back to and they. S- yeah, true. Um, and also like the college kids are back, you know, Dartmouth is very close mm-hmm. so the college kids are back. It's like germs from all over, but a couple of people and fever, so they didn't come. So it was just me, Deb, and then one of her friends. And it was a great start to the day, but I got home and I was just tired. Like I didn't, I never ate breakfast and I didn't feel like eating. I ended up like taking a nap. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I didn't do anything really productive. I hardly worked uh yep
0: killing it (laughs) do you get are you one of those people that gets burnt out on food or did you truly just eat oatmeal for like 15 years of your life straight so
1: I'm one of those people that I find something I like and then I eat it every single day for years or months or whatever until I get burnt out on it Mm -hmm. like oatmeal I probably still could eat that it's just not my routine right now to really eat breakfast I don't know but then other times I go through phases where I will eat breakfast at like 11 o'clock every day. So maybe a brunch. And then I don't eat again until dinner and I eat eggs. Like I've been on an egg kick.
0: Mm, okay. Interesting.
1: But then I'll go through phases with eggs where they scare me.
0: Me too. I I call it my food aversions because I have a couple different foods that I sometimes can eat or I can eat in certain ways. But then a lot of the times I can't eat them. And so I have like kind of like a weird relationship. Like I don't I guess that sounds bad. I don't have a weird relationship with food. I just have like a complex relationship with food. (laughs) You go in waves with it. Yeah. And um, I'm one of those people that when I get stressed, uh, my appetite decreases. And I think that is a control response from my brain because if I don't feel control in certain aspects of my life, I feel like I can control my food and like what I eat and stuff like that. I think it's kind of a combo of those. And so um, I just like, yeah, I have to, sometimes I just need to eat food that I just want to eat. Like sometimes there's just no food that interests me. And so I have to like (laughs) order a chicken pot pie from like a local restaurant or like a big bowl of like... Mashed potatoes and gravy, because like that's what I want. You know, it's just right,
1: like something comforting.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like a, almost
0: not a safe food, but kind of. Yeah. Just something that I know is going to be like satisfying and like delicious. Right. You know, like that's just going to like, yeah, be like, wow, that was a banger. Or I wish I had more of that. That's like the food I have.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. And like something that makes you actually want to eat. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes when I'm just, are you a breakfast person? Um, I used to be, I used to think that eating breakfast was good for me. And I think like when I was in high school and when I did sports and stuff in college, I think breakfast was a good situation for me. I used to have like egg on, like an egg and a piece of toast in the car is what I would take when I was, and I would eat it when I was driving or I would do like oatmeal sometimes. I have like yogurt's one of the foods I have weird things with. I don't know. The texture kind of gets me. Um, but now that I've gotten older, I do kind of like intermittent fasting. Like I don't like have a hard fast rule, but I will like have a uh, coffee with cream and sugar. I, I just have to enjoy it. I can't do like the black bullshit. Um, and then I'll have like... R- either uh, nuts, maybe eggs and toast if I'm like really, really hungry, but I usually have like a handful of nuts. And then I have like a big salad with a carb in it typically at like one o'clock. So that's kind of like my first like real meal of my day. Okay. So you really just wait till you get hungry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like my biggest thing is I just eat when I'm hungry. I just listen to my body. I don't really overeat. I don't t- typically undereat. Like I just eat have whatever much my body needs. If I'm really hungry one day, then I'm really hungry. And I listen to that, you know, some, it just all evens out, I think for me.
1: Yeah. I do the same thing. I used to be really like regimented in how I ate because I really struggled with my relationship with food. Like I go through phases where I was not eating at all. And then I'd go through and over-exercising like crazy. Like there've been times in my life where I was like way too thin. Um, mm-hmm. and then times where I'm overeating and just eating anything in sight like to fill a void or something. So I have gone through you know these cycles of like trying to keep to a schedule but it just doesn't work for me. Like I just have to listen to my body and if I'm hungry I'll eat and if
0: not then I won't. I don't think it's realistic to be on a schedule. And the more and more science comes out about Women's hormones and how much fuel and food and calorie and like calorie intake we need in different parts of the month. It just leads me to believe that intuitive eating is just the way to go. And you know, I think it's just like being connected with your body. And like, you know, last night I probably had eight cookies. I made cookies and they're the best on the first night. And so I had eight cookies and like, I don't feel bad about it. It's just like part of my life. I need to be able to eat eight cookies and like live, you know what I
1: mean? Yeah. And just move on, not carry it with you the next day. Yeah.
0: Right. Like, I don't fucking deserve that. Like, they're delicious. I made them. I know exactly what went into them. It's as much control as I can have. Like, bitch, eat your damn cookies. Like, that's it. Agreed. And
1: eat them when you want them.
0: (laughs) Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. I'm going to have one after this. Yeah. Like, I have a couple (laughs)
1: friends that do. I mean, they're they do. They're they're on like a workout regimen. And with that comes like this crazy eating schedule. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, it's, you know, I'll be doing this for my whole life. And I'm like. How the fuck could you do that for
0: your whole life? Why would you want to? So, yeah, that's not how I want to live. I want to be able to eat what I want to eat all in moderation. That's my goal in yeah. life. Yep, me too. So, what kind of cookies? Um, oatmeal, chocolate chip, and the batter has cinnamon in them. And they oh. are, they seriously are some of the best cookies I've ever. Like, I, it's a recipe that I make all the time because it's Boyd's favorite and I have perfected it. They're amazing. You're a
1: very good baker. So, I trust you. I believe you. <laughs>
0: You are amazing. Thank you. Yeah, it's just my passion. You know, I made like Bennett's dinner, I made soup, and I made cookies all last night, just like with joy in my heart. Just happy to be alive. Literally, I'm just like so happy that I'm just like able to do this, you know. Do you remember you came to my house one
1: time? I don't know, during the summer, my grandma, Midge, was still alive. So it was a couple years ago, but you came to my house during the summer. And I don't know if there was a cake being made or cookies or something, but my sister wanted frosting. We didn't have any. And you were like, oh, I can whip some up. And
0: you did. You just whipped it right up. I could not believe that. Wait, oh my God. That's so relatable because... Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, Yeah, I remember it. I think your mom was like in awe that I could do that. And I was like, this is very standard.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like my sister was watching you with like her jaw on the floor. She's like, how did you just like what? <laughs> You're like
0: butter and sugar and some other shit. Yep. Vanilla. That's it. Wait. So, so funny. I had, um I, I had to do this like business dinner for an employee who was leaving a couple months ago and I ordered a sheet cake. And when we got it, it just looked so sad. Like it just looked, there was like no dec- decoration. It just looked so sad. And so I literally went home in the hour that I had in between picking up the cake and having the event start. I ran home, I made buttercream, I put it in a piping bag and I brought it in my purse to the venue. And I I piped the cake because it looks so sad and yeah so very relatable
1: you're like we're not serving we won't serve this
0: <laughs> we need to make
1: some adjustments here
0: my CFO was <laughs> shook he was like, like what the hell is wrong with you and I was like it just looks so sad like this cake needed to be better
1: like it really needed an upgrade I just couldn't look at it anymore it couldn't it was hideous oh my god I appreciate that about you Thank you. Oh man. Wait. So how was your how was your week? What'd you do this week?
0: Oh my goodness. I freaking worked. Um I think I've talked about it before. I um I have this huge event coming up in November, 450 people, two days, all me. Like every single aspect of the event is me. So I really am in kind of like the thick of the planning. So I'm doing like entertainment, uh, DJs, this kind of stuff. So it's just been like a really busy week with sourcing vendors and then dealing with like corporate red tape because I work for a big company like everything just takes a million steps and a million tickets and a million redirects and all this kind of stuff so everything just takes longer than I want it to so it was like a lot of that this week. How was your week?
1: Okay, that really doesn't make me miss working for a corporate job at all cuz I just was thinking about like all the approvals and all that process shit. Um mm-hmm. my week was good. I did work this week actually, but not a whole lot. <laughs> I, um, so I haven't really been working the last, you know, few months, quite a few months, but I started working a little bit last week. So I've been, I think I worked like 15 hours last week. And, and this is just coat like, you know, at my actual software job, um, well, for the company. So, and that doesn't include like painting and all that shit. But, anyways, I, I, I worked a little bit this week. I was in. Arlington still I drove home on Wednesday which was actually such a nice drive I didn't I went like the back roads through New York to
0: come home amazing
1: and it's yeah and it's so pretty and it was like finally starting to cool
0: off so it was a great day great drive and yeah so good I'm so glad to hear that you're working that's like does it how does it feel not good (laughs) Mm. um I mean it's okay it's just it, it it's not that
1: it doesn't feel good. It's it's okay. It's just hard for me to like look at the screen and stay focused on that. And I have this like worry in the back of my head that something may go awry with my brain if I try and push myself too hard. So I'm just taking it easy, but yeah, it's it's weird. Mm. Because I used to be like a savant at this stuff,
0: you know. Yeah, yeah.
1: And working so much. And now I'm like, oh, you know, being touchy with it.
0: Yeah. That's weird of being scared of your work. You know,
1: I know it's so odd. And I've always worked, worked and worked and worked my whole life. Like I started working, I think the summer before eighth grade, I got my first job working for my dad at the golf course. And I never stopped since then. So this is like the first period of my life where I've not had a full schedule all the time. And it's strange, but it's nice. (laughs)
0: I think it's really good for you because honestly, the way that I would describe you to people um, before was you do everything at a hundred. Like, yeah, you cannot stop yourself from just being so intense at whatever you are passionate or fascinated by at that moment.
1: Right, and it's so it's really weird to have to not do that, not relax.
0: Yeah, yeah, and just not
1: put everything into everything. Because mm-hmm. I don't have that much to give anymore. I just yeah. don't.
0: <laughs> and you're putting a lot into healing, so. Yeah, which is important yeah. and going well. Good. I'm so glad. And I'm glad that you're feeling good. I'm glad that you're social. I'm glad that things are on the up and up. And I love you. Thank you. I
1: love you too. Wait, speaking of being social, I want to mm-hmm. talk about, I got something to talk about. Oh boy. <laughs> okay. So when I was in Arlington last week with my sister, what well, was this week? But anyways, on Saturday- I did so much stuff on Saturday and I wasn't burnt out at the end of the day, but what burnt me out was going to like a club. So let me walk you through my Saturday. So I wake up, picture this. I went out to dinner with my friend Chloe on Friday night in Baltimore, had the time of my life. Like we just, I drank this, uh, um, strawberry lemonade with my dinner and it it was like probably the best goddamn lemonade I've ever had. Got home. No vodka, just like a normal lemonade. Nope. Kept it G rated. I don't know why I was just feeling that, yeah. Hell yeah. So got back to my sister's apartment, went to bed, woke up Saturday morning and I took the Metro into DC to do a cold plunge and sauna, came back. Then I drove to Annapolis, which was like an hour away to have lunch with one of my friends from when I used to live there, who I haven't seen in a long time. So I had lunch with him and his girlfriend. That was great. Drove back to Arlington. And my sister had friends over. So we were hanging out. And normally by this point, I mean, probably three activities ago, you know, I would have been fried, but I was good. So we hung out and it was later that night that they were like all, they wanted to go out. And my sister's begging me. She's like, come on. I think you'll have fun. Get dressed. Let's go. So I'm like, fine, I'll go. I really used to enjoy going out, like going to the club and getting dressed and drinking and dancing and doing whatever. I fucking hate it. I got there. Oh, my God. You can't even hear yourself think. Like, I don't want to just go. And maybe it's different if you go with, like, you know, your close friends or people that you're dancing around with and having fun. But if I'm not with people like that, I want to (laughs) talk. You know, I want to chit chat. I want to know, you know, like, let's get into it. What's going on? Who are you? What's up? I don't want to. Go to a place where there's no conversation. It's just like, what do you want to drink? Is the conversation. Mm-hmm. It's loud. People are like bumping into each other. I don't know. I just have no interest. The second we got there, I was like, I want to
0: leave. Are Were the girls like, were all the other girls single? Well, I know Anna's not, but were the other girls single and were like, they looking for guys? Was that their purpose?
1: Okay. So Anna's friends. So th- let me back up. We went with Anna. That's my sister. Her boyfriend. And then her two guy friends. And then we went and met her boyfriend's friends and her boyfriend's friends all were couples. So I was the only, like, single girl. Oh, my
0: God. No wonder you didn't have fun. No, no shit. That sucks.
1: I know. But, like, the girls were trying to talk to me a little bit. But all, it's just like, what do you want to drink? What are you that's drinking?
0: No, no, no. I hate that shit. I just have no interest that's in that. That's fucking boring. I know. No. And I'm like, and also, like, that that group past- is lounge vibes. That's, that's, that that's, you guys have no, you guys had no business of being in the club. For why? You guys are all coupled up. That's stupid. You know what I mean? Like, that's. Right.
1: My sister at the time of her yeah. life, we woke up the next morning and she was like,
0: how fun was that? I'm
1: like, yeah, it was, it was fine. <laughs> what? I don't know. What, what is fun?
0: What is fun to you? It's different no. than what I think is fun. Okay. So I'm going to tell you, I am very, very picky about my nights out. I'm very picky because they are far and few between because I do not really like alcohol. Alcohol is not my friend. I don't think it does much for me and it gives me anxiety next day right now i'm having a glass of champagne like this is going to be it i'm not going to continue drinking like after finishing this glass you know what i mean so yeah me too i want to talk about that when you're done yeah so for nights out for me if it's like a night just with boyd we just will do dinner and we might have two drinks each and that's it just like normal date night we don't go wild Girls night can get a little wild. I want a nice dinner with good cocktails and wine. And then we'll go to a nice cocktail bar or a lounge afterwards. That's my night. We can hoot it up there until 1am. That's fine. But we're not like, once we like plunker down, we're not leaving a spot. Like that's it. There's no moving after we found something that's viable. Club vibes. We need to do a dinner before where we can pre-game. That needs to be like built in. And I don't want to go to the club at midnight or 1 a.m. I want to get to the club at 10 and I want to be home by 1 30. That's the rule. Like I want to be in bed at 1 a.m. Asleep. Yeah. No. I need to shower. I need to be able to take my makeup off. I need to get eight hours of sleep because this shit is going to affect me for like three days afterwards. And it better be a great fucking night if I'm sacrificing my like one drunk night out of like six months.
1: Right. (laughs) A lot of rules. I hear that. Now you... When did this change for you? When do you think that you put these rules into effect?
0: I was over partying my junior year of college. And all of my friends got very annoyed with me because I literally just stopped going out. Because I was just like, this is is for the birds. Especially like, I went to a college that was like very house party. So it was just the same people over and over and over again. Same spot. I used to wear sweatpants out. Because I was like, who the fuck am I going to see that I haven't seen a million times before? So that was like... Hamster wheel. Yeah. So that's really where I like... I drank, but infrequently. Then I guess like now into my adult life, probably like 25 is probably when I really started changing my opinion on alcohol. I used to like have casual drinks on a Tuesday night after work because I felt like that's what I should do. But now after COVID, I just like, we don't really ever have alcohol in the house, to be honest. Like I just, it's very rare that I have a glass of wine or something after work.
1: Okay, I would say the same for me. I, during college, so I went to University of Tampa and for my junior and senior years, I transferred there and that is a bar scene. And I was out all the time. I also was like working in a restaurant with people who wanted to go out. So that was like all that we did. I was overpartied as well. Mm -hmm. When I turned, I would say about 25 also is when I was like, I just can't do this anymore. I have no interest. I need to sleep. I can't, get home at 3 a.m. and go to work at 7.30. I don't know how the fuck I did that for so long. But now I like to have – I'll have a glass of wine or two. But anything more than that, I feel like I stop acting like myself. Like I become a different version mm. of myself, and I don't like that. Like I like to be me. One or two glasses, I'm great. I'm just a little more me, a little more chatty maybe. A little but sassier, after- Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like my attitude comes out. But after that, I don't know. I, I feel like I find myself like talking to people that I would never really be interested about, things I don't actually care about. And then I wake up the next day and I'm like, what a waste of my time. Mm. <laughs> and I also kind of think that when I was younger, I didn't I was maybe drinking to get away from myself. Like I would keep drinking because I would be like, oh, I'm more fun if I drink. But that was because I actually didn't like
0: myself. Mm. I, I get anxiety from alcohol. Like I will even like now, if I have like three or four drinks the next morning, I'll wake up and say to Boyd, who did I make yeah. mad? What did I say? What was, how was I embarrassing? Right. That's exactly it. Me too. The same thing. And it's like, I don't want, I
1: don't want to I'm sick of feeling like that. Yeah, like It's not. And there's no reason for it. I like myself enough that I don't
0: need to put myself through that. Right. And sometimes like It used to come out when I was younger, but, like, a different version of me would come out, like, angrier and, like, hateful. And, like, I just was like, that's not me. I don't know who she is. Like, I I get, like, aggressive. Same. And I'm just like, ew, like, that's not me. Like, I want to be, like, the cool, vibey chick. Like, that's what I want to be. Like, that's the, you know, I want to be the girl that, like, is unfazable in the party scene. You know, just, like, chilling by herself. Like, that's what I want to be. I don't want to be this, like, angry, aggressive, violent, foul mouth like person you know yeah
1: I get that I I swear enough as it is
0: (laughs) right yeah like I don't need to be yeah no I need to be more chill not bigger personality (laughs)
1: yeah I also start to feel sick after a certain number of drinks too and that's just not it's not fun I don't know it's just not fun Mm -hmm. for me anymore and it's a weird turn because like my sister's still at that point where that's what she wants to do is like go out and drink And that's fine. But I'm like, oh, just not you anymore.
0: And alcohol is just not good for you. It's just it's poison. It's not good for you. There's no, like, you know, it just has absolutely no benefit. And it's just not something that I partake in that much.
1: Heard that, sister. Glad we're on the same page as we sip our champagne at
0: home. (laughs) I know, right? Mm. I know, but I love that. (laughs) It's it's for the podcast. Um, Wait, so while you were gone, how how does Jagger do when you're not around? Uh, he's so anxious,
1: like he is the most anxious dog I know uh, he does. So I'll say this. He's been staying with my mom when I, when I'm out of town and obviously, cause that's where I'm staying. So when I leave, he just stays there and he has, my mom's dog is named Callie and they're good pals. So he does a lot better now that he has Callie around and like, there's still people at the house, but he cannot stay home alone. He not stay home without Callie. He cannot not stay mm-hmm. home. He gets very frantic. Like, he barks, too. When I was living in my apartment, I couldn't leave him because he would just lose
0: his shit. And it's, like, not fair to other people living in the apartment. I had the exact same situation with Bennett. And part of the reason why we were so adamant about buying a house was because we were so tired of having to be anxious about when we were leaving Bennett. Because... You know, and we did all the things like we we gave him a snuffle mat. We would exercise him before we would, you know, give him CBD. We've done all these things to try to ease his anxiety. And every time we would come home, he would either be barking, howling, terrified or having a panic, panic attack. And I get it because Boyd and I both work from home. So it's very jarring, I'm sure, for him, for him, for us to leave. But on the other hand, I feel like I'm living for my dog. And this is not normal.
1: Yeah. And like, you need to be able to leave. I, mm-hmm. so there was this one specific time I remember that I left. So by the way, these last, you know, like the last year I have not I wasn't leaving the house a whole lot, but right. I remember I went to the bank one day and I got a camera, like one of those little Amazon, I think it's called a flip. Maybe I made that up. I don't know. But I had that cause I was like, I want to keep an eye on him. You know, if he is barking while I'm gone the whole time, like I got to know, is he barking the whole time or is he just barking for the first five minutes? You know, so I drive Mm -hmm. to the bank. It's like 15 minutes away. And I opened that camera to look and on full blast, all I can hear is Jagger barking. And I was like, holy fuck. And he barked the whole time. Like I was gone for 45 minutes. He barked the entire time. Just feels like abuse. It just
0: feels like you're fucking up as a dog it, It
1: was... It's so sad. Like I don't want I don't want that. I don't want him to feel that stressed and that anxious about me I mean, not being there, right. but
0: I I need to be able to leave. Right. I literally just submitted a form um for a dog trainer last night and I said, "Please help me teach my dog to know that he is safe." Because I think it's just all fear and anxiety based for Bennett. I'm sure it's probably the similar f- for Jagger. They're both doodle mixes, so they probably have their Neuroticism of the poodle. Um, but he just he is <laughs> yeah, he's so fear-based. Like he outside of the house, he's a different dog. He is confident, he doesn't bark, he like ignores things, he's a fantastic dog outside. But once we get in the house, he just feels like he has to protect or be on alert at like every minute, and especially when one of us isn't home since we moved. Like today, Boyd went to the gym for two hours. Bennett was howling, barking, looking out the windows, like going ballistic. And I'm sitting right here being like, we're fucking safe. I'm just tippity typing on my computer right now. Like I'm exerting a lot of relaxed energy and you're not picking up on that. Like, I don't, you know, like, I, I don't know how to communicate to him that we're okay. Yeah. Like,
1: and what is the problem? You know, why, why is that so stressful? Now,
0: when someone comes home, does he
1: bark? Yeah.
0: Yeah, he's he he definitely barks. And we've had like so many contractors and renovators in and out of our house for the past couple of weeks. So I think it's actually been really good for him because they all just ignore him and he just howls and barks at them and they just walk past him and like it's so funny. He's 25 pounds, like what the fuck is this dog gonna do? Um, you know, yeah. and he thinks he's like so tough. But it's just it's it's really it's just very annoying and it's really sad that he's just so worried. And so we're we finally decided that it's time to get a dog trainer and we just need to like help him because it's too much.
1: Yeah. I have a, actually, it's funny that you said that. So I have a dog dog trainer is coming the week of the 20th, I think. So then that's in two weeks. Uh, We have a dog trainer coming because Jag is when people come home, he just loses his fucking mind. Like when people come to the house, when people come home, if you go outside and get something from your car and come back in, he barks and it's crazy It's so unnecessary yeah. and he has a loud bark like he's 40 pounds and his bark sounds like he could kill you he wouldn't he'll lick your face but he, you know it's still it's it's
0: like reel it in brother yeah no sometimes it scares the shit out of me like i'll just be like working and then he'll start howling and i like jump out of my skin and i'm just like for fucking what like it is silent i there's maybe you heard something like a straight away but that does not you should be able to tr- determine if that's in the house or not like come on buddy right and it's like
1: crying it's like crying wolf you know what if something was really happening what if someone really broke in i wouldn't believe you
0: (laughs) and i want to believe you well and so that's like that was like um so (laughs) i have two stories last week When I had, I had landscapers come out and so I was, he was barking, going ballistic. I went outside to, and I like told him like, we're fine. You know, I go outside. He sees me with the landscapers talking to them. He is going ballistic for like 20 minutes. And Boyd was just, that was when Boyd had his breaking point because he was like, he sees us talking to them. What's, we're not dead. What are you afraid of? Like, relax.
1: Yeah. It's not like they're hurting you or something. It's not like you're arguing, you know, you don't need protection.
0: Right. And then the other story is when we were back in our apartment um, over a year ago, we went to a concert. So we went to a concert from here again, from like six to midnight, because that's like the longest Bennett can go is like five hours with being alone. And, you know, we were of course worrying the whole time, but we just, we, we had to go to a concert and like live our lives. Um, We came back and I kid you not, it was like the midnight, we had a note written from one of our neighbors, an anonymous note that said it had a time log every time that she came back and uh-huh. continued on the note. And it was three time logs. It was like seven, nine, and then like 11. And it basically said, you are abusing your dog. Can't you have someone come and stay with him if you choose to leave? And basically like dog shaming us because... We took six hours to ourselves to go to a concert.
1: It feels like abuse. And like, you're not abusing your dog. You're leaving the house. You need to be able to leave right. your house. But it, it feels like that. When you hear your dog crying and stuff, you're like, I'm not trying to abuse you. And he feel bad about it. And it sucks because you need to live your life. Just how does Jagger act when
0: he knows you're about to leave? What does he do?
1: He stands by the door. He cries. He gets really anxious. He's, like, moving around a lot. Like, he can't sit still. He's looking all around. Like, his his head's moving every which way. He knows.
0: Wow. See, Bennett and then, doesn't, he doesn't care when we leave. That's the that's the weird part, is we give him a snuffle mat or I give him a lick mat. He's and then he realizes go. you're gone. Eventually. But, like, he's just, like, happy to, you know, he, like, looks at us like he's totally fine. Like, it's not anxious when we leave. It's, like, after we leave is when the the antics start.
1: Yeah, no, Jag stands in a window and watches me go every time like a human being. He literally looks like a little boy wearing footy pajamas. (laughs) Like It's very (laughs) funny, but man, reel it in.
0: (laughs) Is Callie the same way or is she normal?
1: No, she's normal. She doesn't care. She likes to be alone. She's fine with it. But I will say now that her and Jagger are so close, when he if he leaves, then she gets upset because she's like, where the fuck is he? Like she looks for him. Did you or your parents crate train them? Yeah, Jaggers. They both are, actually. Uh, Jag slept in a crate for, I think, six months, seven months. But he, but he doesn't go in it now, though, right? No, like, he doesn't need to. Sometimes if we go in the car on a, a long trip, he'll sleep in the crate, and he likes it in there. Sometimes he'll go in by himself. But no, like he, he sleeps next to me, like, at the...
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, the bed. I don't mean it in like an accusatory way. I just wonder if I had kept up with that because we ended probably at, like six or eight months. Once he like was potty trained and he we knew he wasn't going to pee in the bed at night.
1: Same. That's when we started stopped sleeping. when he was pot- when he started yeah. asking to go outside. Like when he had to go to the bathroom, I was like, oh, you're fine. And he didn't he didn't like necessarily love sleeping in the crate. Like, I would wake up every morning to him
0: barking. So we slept with him right next to our bed, and so he would go in the crate at night. We got to the point where he would go in it, and then in the morning he would kind of like we would let him out. He would be awake first, but he would like crawl out like he wouldn't be barking or anything. He was like fine with the crate, but then he started wanting to sleep in the bed with us. Probably I don't know, maybe it was a year. Maybe I like held Boyd to the year because he wanted Bennett to not be crate trained at night because during the day Bennett would not go in the crate. He screamed. He he's always been obnoxious. He's a very. strong He seriously he's a very strong headed dog i've never met a dog that has like the determination of this dog he he has like a weird thing with food too he doesn't eat he doesn't enjoy eating like he's not food motivated except for cheese that's the okay same same with jagger like yeah he doesn't eat until he's absolutely starving I think it's anxiety. And so literally in the morning, I have to like lay out food in a line and I have to like encourage him to come over and I have to like be there with him and he needs to. And I'm I'm sure people are going to think I like baby the fuck out of this dog, which I do. But I will tell you, I tried like the starvation method. This dog went four days without eating four fucking days and gave like no sign of being hungry until I finally broke because I was like, I can't let my dog just not eat like this is bananas. Yeah, you have to eat. Right? And he gets hangry. Yeah.
1: yeah, he have to eat. See, Jagger, he's really picky. Like, during the day, if I try and give him a treat, he'll drop it. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't care. He mm-hmm. does not, doesn't give a shit about the, that treat. Like, And then if he's starving, though, he'll scarf down a meal. But sometimes in the morning he won't eat. He sniffs it, walks away, looks at you like, I don't want that. Why would you give me that? Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. No, that's the
0: same way. And I think it has to do with anxiety because his... I don't know. He has a weird thing with the morning time, but even now here at night in the new house, he's like a little hesitant to eat, which at the old house, he would be like, he would tell me when he was hungry. And so I think it has to do something with his anxiety and his fear. And so I'm going to hopefully get it all worked on because like this dog is too high maintenance and I'm not willing to like deal with this for another 15 years. I'm not, I'm not doing it anymore. Right. Like I have enough issues. Okay. Right. Like I'm hard enough to take care of us myself. Okay. (laughs) Okay.
1: Trey, I have one more story about this. I just remembered Trey. He stayed at the house a couple weeks ago one night and the next morning he was the only one there. It was raining. So he didn't go to work. And I got up and I left. Trey's cheetah's landscaping. That's why he didn't go to work. So when it was raining, I got up and I left and I got back and Trey said that Jagger was so, and Callie was there too, so he must do this every time. He searched every room of the house until he found Trey. He was frantic, he said. Like, he was just surveying the properties,
0: like, where are they? Who's here? What's going on? Yeah, no, Bennett is, like, weirdly attached to me where the point I'm getting, like, annoyed because he was out, so he, I was playing outside with him, frisbee on in the in the front lawn. He, got, he gets too hot. We come inside. Frisbeers, frisbees are outside toys, so I throw them outside and like, out in the pool deck. He goes outside to chew on the frisbee. I come in. I go pee. Boyd lets him in. Bennett is searching frantically for me. I literally screamed, go the fuck away from me while I was on the toilet. Like, get the fuck away from me. I don't want to be around you right now, Bennett. Like, he stops in his tracks and then he just goes back to Boyd.
1: Yeah, it gets frustrating sometimes. Like... Jag will, like, crawl on me. He'll, like, lay on top of me. And I'm, like, sometimes I'm trying to read a book or I'm trying to work or something. And he's, like, on top of my computer. I'm, like, get off. Just please.
0: Bennett lays right below my feet. And I'll forget when I'm, like, doing work. And then I'll stand up to go get something. And then he gets all scared. And he, like, skitters away. And I'm, like, why the fuck are you under my feet? It's been three years. You know you should not be there. You
1: know that's not your spot. You know that's gonna happen.
0: You have three beds, you have a
1: couch, you have a bed, you have chairs that you can sit on. Go the fuck away. I know for really smart dogs, they're sometimes so dumb. I'm like, how are you not picking up on this?
0: Yeah, so we're getting a dog trainer. We'll give you updates on our dog trainer because good lord, it needs Are you sending yours away or is it coming to your house? No, it's she's coming to the house. Okay. Yeah. I feel like if I send Pennant away, he would like die. Oh my God. I,
1: I took Jagger to a boarding facility one time, which he knows the people at this boarding facility because he gets groomed there and he's gone for like a day or whatever. But I had him stay overnight just one night. And I went the next day and the guy's name is Steve. He was like, yeah, Jagger. he just he can't be doing this. And I was like, What do you mean? Like, what happened? He was like, He, sta- he ended up staying with me because he was so frantic. He was like, Look at him. He's like sitting behind the counter. They didn't even, they couldn't even keep him in a crate. Oh my God.
0: No. So, yeah. So we've never, we've, thankfully, we used, so we, Bo- Boyd's mom and us, we got puppies together from the same litter. So we have brothers. Oh my gosh. So when we went back, wait, what's her puppy's name? Duke. It's terrible. He, she kept the name that they gave him and Bennett and Duke. Dookie. To, yeah, that's what we call him. Hookah. But he's the worst. <laughs> he is the worst dog. Sorry, April. You don't listen, but I'm sorry that your dog's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> he's just he's just like he doesn't even know his name. Like he does not pay attention. Like there's not much going on up there. He was the biggest of the litter. He got all the nutrients to the body, but none to his brain. Um mm. he's like a simpleton. He's just a very special boy. Um And so we had, like, a built-in babysitter when we lived back in Philadelphia. So anytime we would go on vacation, like, she would take Bennett. And then when she would go on vacation, we would take Duke. So Bennett was, like, relatively comfortable at her house. But still at night, he would, like, bark pretty consistently where she would not get good sleep and so I can't even imagine if when we have to get a dog sitter and that's part of why I want a dog trainer because I'm just like I cannot subject someone to like not being able to sleep with my dog because he's gonna bark all night because I just know he will
1: yeah yeah it's the worst and it's a bad feeling too because you can't even relax when you're
0: away no we took Bennett on vacation um I don't know. I guess probably when we were doing this podcast. When did did I go? July? When we both were on vacation? Yeah. Yeah, I think July. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, he ruined our vacation because he did not sleep. The first night that we were on vacation, I think he slept like a total, I slept a total of 45 minutes and Boyd almost lost it. And so I actually got up at like five o'clock in the morning and I took Bennett outside of the hotel and I like was like playing fetch and then I went and slept in the car for two hours with Bennett because like Boyd was on the brink.
1: Yeah, like we
0: know about Boyd's sleep schedule. He needs his peace and quiet. He he was on the brink. It was, I was was like scared for Bennett's life. And so I just decided to remove us both from the situation.
1: I think we'll just pack it up and move outside for a little bit. (laughs) We'll see you
0: soon. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Wait, so one thing I did want to talk to you about today is plastic surgery, injectables, fillers, kind of this like huge trend we're seeing, especially with our generation and it being so accessible and it being very obvious with some celebrities, um, especially young celebrities who are catering to very young and impressionable fans. Like what what beauty standard do you think these these enhancements are setting? So here's
1: the thing. I think that people should do whatever they want. I don't care if people have work done. I think If you feel better about yourself with a little lip injection, go for it. But I also think that, you know, a lot of these young influencers like Kylie Jenner, for example, you know, who a lot of young girls look up to or did and she well and she sets the beauty standard we'll put that right out there. and i think like for someone like her sure do what you want but i think be honest about it be open about it say mm-hmm. like you can't mm-hmm. just expect to look like this this isn't how i naturally look um like right. i think it's fine to do it but at least be open about it so that you're not you know causing young people like trauma about why they don't look the way that you do, or why can't they have? Yeah. Beauty dysphoria. Yeah, I I know that it's really hard to be, especially right now, like it's hard to be a young person with all, you know, social media and just seeing the highlight reels of everybody. Like when we were in seventh grade, it was completely different. I remember I wore blue Mm -hmm. eyeshadow to school dance. And my friend's dad said to me, It looks like a Blue Jay shit on your eyelids. And that's because we didn't have any like we didn't have the YouTubers to watch and the Instagram models to, you know, copy their makeup and do things like that. It just wasn't a thing. But now people are looking up to all these like young celebrities who have work done, who have fillers and Botox and whatever it may be, boob jobs. like People get boob jobs so young, nose jobs, all of it.
0: I can't remember the statistic, but it was when I was in college, I met the first girl who was like younger than me who had a boob job. Like I I, I went to college with her, and she told me it was her graduation present. And so then I looked up the statistic, and I think it was in like, 2019. Boob jobs exceeded cars for graduation presents, which blew my mind. And she said wow. the only regret that she had was that she
1: wished she had gone bigger. That's crazy. See, some people who get a boob job like that, they love it. You know, they feel so connected to it. Fine. But it's also wild that someone's parents are like, here, go, t- you know, have your body modified. I don't know. I mean.
0: Right. It's odd. Well, and I like... um So Bella Hadid came out, I think earlier this year, last year, and she's actually sober too, which is you know kind of tying into our previous topic. Um, I just love her. I think she's just like a real. She came out with that like Um, drink line too. That's like can it's the adaptogens. It's terrible. Oh, it's not good. Did it make you feel good? No. It was like I think it was like seven dollars, and then it was like this like a little can, and I drank it, and I was like, this tastes like ass, and I didn't feel anything, and then I threw the other two cans that I bought away. Damn okay sorry so yeah i know back to what you like about her it's fine i had high hopes she came out and said that she had a nose job but she regrets it because she had it so young because she didn't her face wasn't fully formed i think she got it oh maybe when she was like 19 or 20 i think she was like people do that like they say the best time to have a nose
1: job is like between 16 and 18
0: i don't believe that
1: i know that's so young your brain's not even finished forming yet how can you make that decision
0: Your brain isn't finished forming until you're 25. Like, just wait until what you, like, you know what I mean? Your values change, your your logic and your reasonable thinking kicks in after 25. Like, that's really the difference between our, like, our 25-year-old brain and our 24-year-old brain is, like, that our pleasure centers just dictate a lot more. Which means early gratif- or, um, instant gratification and stuff like that hits way different than when you're over 25, when your logic and your reasoning kicks in, and like that's the same thing with like love. I was listening to this whole podcast about it today about how like when you're in your teenage years and your young 20s, like you feel like this spark with people, and you feel like in love and like magic. And then like those butterflies start to dissipate as you get older. And it's not you. It's literally your brain going more into like logic and reasoning and being like, is this a solid partner? Will this person make a good husband or a wife? You know, all that kind of stuff.
1: Right. Rather than like chasing those butterflies.
0: Right. Yes. And I feel the same way about like, personally, I got a lot of tattoos when I was younger. I got one at 18 through my early twenties, I have like six or seven of them. I regret all of them, like not in a terrible way, but like, I don't want any of them on my body. Now I'm going to get them all removed. I wish I hadn't gotten one. And I don't think my 18 year old self or 20 year old self would have ever thought I would feel this way.
1: Yeah. Because when you're 18 or 20, you're like, this is what I'm doing. This is what I want to do. I'm doing it. No, I think I know myself. Right. And, you know, and, you know, parents say like, Oh, when you're 40 you're not gonna want that and you're like yes i will mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's just not true you know you don't know what you're gonna want when you're 40 yeah
0: thankfully i did like them in smart s- places where i can hide them all and like they're all small um but yeah yeah no, you have nothing outrageous no 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 never that's not my personality trait um <laughs> <laughs> too much control for that true. <laughs> This is true, you gotta be able to hide them. Yeah, yeah, we know me. Um, so yeah, no, I think, I think, so I don't know what have you ever thought about plastic surgery, and if so, what plastic surgery okay? So I yes, I have like
1: weird eyelids. I have mm-hmm. like I have my eyelid, there's a lot of eyelid skin. <laughs> yep. Explain it better than that. And I, for a long time, I really wanted to get that my eyelids like clipped because I when I wear eyeshadow, um, it like rubs off because my eyelids like they touch. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. So for a while, I really wanted to do that, and then basically after I was twenty five, I was like, I just don't. You know, maybe if it affects my vision or something someday, I
0: will. But I just don't care enough. Wait, my my grandmother literally got that because it used to, it, it. I have that as a gene in my family. My grandmother had to get it removed. It's called a blepharoplasty. I think it's called yes, and. Mm-hmm. My mom has a lot of droopy skin on her eyelids, and so I use eye cream every day. I know there's, like, different schools of thoughts with eye cream, but I intentionally moisturize the top of my eyelids every single day because I am nervous about having extra skin on my eyelids.
1: Me too. And, like, mine aren't droopy. They've always looked like this. It's not like they've changed or anything, but I'm like, I just don't like it. And I am scared that when I'm older, they will be droopy. So... Yeah. They probably will be. Yeah, so I will be someday probably getting that done.
0: See, I think I want the ones below because I think I have a lot of skin below my eye, and I just notice it more. And I notice it in photos more than other people. Like I look at like Boyd and you know my friends, and I'm just like, no one else has weird eyelids the way that I do. I like want under to eyes. get the skin removed. Yeah, like it's like very severe. I see. I don't even
1: notice that on you. It's funny how we notice things about ourselves that no one else would ever pick up on unless you pointed it out. Um, but mm-hmm. I do get Botox in my jaw. I uh, grind my teeth like a motherfucker. Like I've ground through every retainer I've ever had. Um, I've had many night guards, so I got the, and I do a lot, a lot of Botox in my How many jaw. Units per, uh, per side, fifty units per side, like a lot. Holy so crap. yeah, the first time I did it, they did twenty. I had to go back two weeks later, and they did another twenty, and then last time each side, yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah, pretty. So just so everyone knows, Botox usually goes for between twelve and sixteen dollars a unit. So six. Jenny's talking about like approximately sixteen hundred dollars of Botox in her face to stop her jaws from ruining her teeth.
1: Yeah, and they say that like eventually that muscle will just not build back. Like you will, you'll, you'll have to do it more infrequently each time. Um, which is true. Like the first, you found that. Yes. So the first time I had it done, it was like three months and then my grinding was like back with a vengeance. Then the next time it was four months. And right now I'm currently at, I think six months and I haven't had it redone. Okay. So I can feel it starting to come back though. So I'll have to have it done again soon, but Yeah. So it definitely, that's definitely true. So it's not like it's going to be this major upkeep for life, but to start it is though. I think it's totally worth it. It, I I used to be, my mouth was so miserable. My face was so swollen. Like my cheeks were like, I looked like a little chipmunk because my face was so swollen. Headaches every day. Yeah. Headaches all the time. And just like the back, my teeth would just ache. Like I couldn't eat chips. I couldn't eat anything crunchy or hard. It would
0: hurt to eat a bagel. And so the exact same thing. Yeah, so totally so worth it. I have the exact same thing. I have always clenched my teeth. I have, in recent years, I've really become aware of my teeth grinding to the point where, yeah, I wake up and I have to like unstick my jaw. And I have pain running from the top of my head all the way down into my shoulders. I have insane teeth clenching. And I know I've, my my dentist has told me I've already done damage on my teeth. And I'm very... Oh, me too. yeah I'm very scared and prepared to have to get fake teeth Later on in life, although I really don't want to, I try to take really good care of my teeth. But it is a constant anxiety that I have is how much I'm ruining my teeth with my teeth grinding. And so I got, I've done the, um, I've done night night guards, but they make me sleep with my mouth open, which apparently is just as bad as like anything because dry teeth equals freaking cavities. So I hate mouth guards. And so I finally went and got Botox last year around November from my dermatologist, and I guess. After the fact, I figured out that she injected it incorrectly. But have you ever gotten the gills? No. What does that even mean? She apparently injected the muscles that are too shallow. And I literally had two bulbous protrusions on either side of my face, right where my jaw is. And you could see it in like zoom calls. It was unbelievable. And I had it for three weeks. So you mean she didn't inject deep, deep enough? enough into the muscle. She didn't go all the way into the masseter oh, muscle apparently. Yeah, like, it
1: is like a real shot. It is a real it shot. Is, you have to like clench your jaw. It's not it's, it's very not pleasant painful, to be yeah. honest.
0: And so she gave me gills and so then I went to a different injector the second time in May um when I was willing to spend like another 700 on something that like you can't see. Um and this girl chose to do disport. She asked, you know, she asked if I had a preference and I said no. And she said that disport is the same. I didn't feel like it did anything. Um, I think I got 16 units each side. So 32 total, which apparently compared to you is very low. But the first time I felt a difference, even though I had the gills, um, I didn't have to wear my mouth guard and I wasn't clenching. But the second time I didn't notice a difference at all. And I don't know if it's because of the disport or because this girl didn't do it correctly.
1: Okay, so also pro tip, if at the end of your 2 weeks you don't feel a difference, you can go back and they'll typically not charge you to inject more because they didn't do it right the first time. Really? Yeah. So next time, make sure you call and if at like 10 days if you're still not feeling anything, yeah. call and say, "Hey, this didn't work," and they'll have you come back in and they'll fix
0: it. Okay. Wait, have you heard of the the people that say if you take zinc, it will extend your Botox? I have never heard that. Wow. Yeah. I saw it on Instagram the other day and they said, if you start taking a zinc supplement, when you get Botox, it can extend it by weeks. And I was like, that could save you thousands of dollars. Like I need to look into this. Yeah. Like
1: weeks over the course of a year is a long time because Mm -hmm. you you know, Botox wears off after I don't think three months, three months. Yeah. So I have had Botox like in my, oh, I also, I get a lip flip. I do, uh, four units on my top lip. So I, how do you feel about that? I love it. I haven't. I, so I have these big full lips. But when I smile, my top lip just disappears. And it used to make me crazy, like truly nuts. I hate, I wouldn't, didn't like smiling in photos it, and I loved to smile. I can't not smile, but I didn't like the way I looked in pictures. Like my top mm-hmm. lip would literally just disappear. So during COVID I actually did get filler in my top lip and oh. I hated it because all that it did was just make my top lip stick out but still when i smiled it didn't fix any it didn't fix what i was looking for Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um like i have full lips when my mouth is closed it's not it's that wasn't my issue so oh my god thank you but yeah so i got i've been doing a lip flip just like four units i think in my top lip and i love it it just relaxes it so when you smile you actually just have a lip
0: interesting yeah i've seen people do the lip flip I've thought about i feel like i'm starting to get some fine lines and so i've started thinking about doing some filler but i also have seen like reports that you eventually become like immune to it and that you only kind of have like 15 to 20 years of of intoler like of using it and so that you should wait until you're older so that like you get those 20 20- are you talking about botox mm-hmm. oh see i've heard like the exact opposite of that I've heard both. I know. That's why I'm so confused. I've heard that it's preventative and I've heard that it's great to start. But then I've heard that like if you started at 18, you've only got like 20 years. And so that by 40, you're basically not going to be able to use it when you're really going to need it. Botox has just been starting to to be out for like 20 to 30 years. So they're starting to do like longer term studies. But I've heard both schools of thought.
1: I also can't imagine starting to get Botox for my anything when I was when I'm 18. Like no. at all, um, yeah. like especially for like on my forehead or whatever. I, I can't even picture doing that at 18, but they do. I'm starting
0: to get like fine lines like near my eyes. You're pushing 30, sister. I know. And like I'm. I. <laughs> it's like the time, you I know? know. It's so annoying. <laughs> I really thought like I was immune because I look so young and like I still get carded, yeah. like very seriously get carded um, all the time. And so I'm like, fuck, I'm really. <laughs> really starting to age. So annoying.
1: <laughs> it's funny because like I don't even I mean, they were they're very fine because I don't even see that on you. You
0: have like tight, perfect skin. Thank you. I do a lot of work. I try to like. Yeah, you know, I take a. I think I take really good care of my skin.
1: Yeah, you do. You do a very
0: good job. Thank you. But have you are, a,
1: go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say about the Botox. Like I, what I had heard, and of course, like you said, you know, we're just starting to see that like long-term research because we're just getting to a long-term point. But what they used to say is start, you should start around like 25 to 30. And then basically you like freeze those muscles so that eventually you don't have, you don't even, they just don't work anymore, (laughs) which I don't know if that's good or bad, but Then you don't have to do Botox.
0: See, that does make sense to me. Like it's not, you know, and I want that to be true because then I'm like, oh, that's great. I can like, we get a step ahead of every other generation when it comes to aging. Like we're really the generation that gets to like, you know, I think we've been the most educated about taking care of our skin and what things we should be putting on and not just like cold cream, you know or whatever like our right. mom's did. Ponds. <laughs> yeah. Right? But also like I want to age. I want when
1: I, when I'm like 70, I I don't want to look like I'm 40. Like I think yeah, I don't aging is like a beautiful Kris thing. Jenner. Yeah, like aging is a beautiful process. It's not some scary evil thing like Kim Kardashian is so scared of aging and that makes me not like her. Just the way she talks about it, how she's so scared of aging, like just yeah, you are aging. That's okay. Yeah.
0: I just want to preserve it. I, I guess like my my feeling is I just always want to feel like I'm hot. That's like my, you know, like I just always want to yeah. look at myself and be like, "Damn, girl, you got it." You know? Yeah, for sure. But two surgeries that I've always been back and forth on is a boob job because I have really really small boobs. I've got like barely an A cup and I have to work for an A cup. And then another thing that I've always thought about is getting a nose job because I really don't love my nose. Um, it's just like always been like an insecurity of mine. I don't think it's terrible, but I don't think it's great. And I want it to be great. You have like such a cute nose. You have the cutest it's nose. so Your big. nose is this
1: little thing at the end it's so cute so big I hate it But it's funny how again like how you see yourself differently because you're the one looking at yourself every day
0: literally no I hate my nose it's so funny because someone actually pointed out this guy that I was seeing he pointed out that it's not straight and then it goes to an angle and ever since that he said that I couldn't stop seeing it and so that was like really when i was like okay i need to get like some sort of like oh thank you so much for pointing that
1: out he sounds like a really nice guy he was so hot so it's okay (laughs) that is so polite of him to point that (laughs) out he didn't do it in
0: a mean (laughs) way he just was like yo your nose kind of goes to the side and i was like shut up
1: (laughs) and you're now you can never unsee that
0: (laughs) literally now you've like now you you owe me like the 15 grand that my nose job is going to be so pay up.
1: Yeah. And you better be there to take care of me after. Just kidding. Do I ever want to see you again?
0: (laughs) No, I'd see him again. He's fine. (laughs) Boyd, I hired a pool boy. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, Yeah. Tell us what surgery you want or what you've had because... I am completely in the same school of thought as Ginny is. Like whatever's going to make you happy, do it. Like I think our moms' generation, who they're in their sixties, early sixties, mid sixties, they have like a whole lot of shame, or at least my mom does with with plastic surgery. Like she thinks it's like vain, and I'm really trying to change her mindset on it because I think everyone deserves to like who they see in the mirror, and. My mom doesn't, and that's been hard to see as, um, as a kid, you know, like it just sets kind of a weird tone because I don't want to replicate that. And so I really encourage. Yeah,
1: it's hard because that's what you look up to. So it's kind of like learned behaviors. Yeah. To feel the same way almost. And she
0: was really shook. She's always been really shook by how much my sister and I love our bodies. Like she's like, she kinds of, like, she kind of shames me for how much I love my body and how much I love the way I look. Um. And I just I'm I'm kind of unfazed by her because I'm just like, I don't give a fuck. I love who I am. um And so it's it's still this kind of like weird relationship that we have that she still thinks I'm vain. But I'm just like, this is like healthy.
1: Yeah, I'm not vain. I'm just enjoying the skin I'm in. Yeah, right.
0: Like, I just I like myself and I don't want to change myself all the time. Like, I'm sorry that you didn't experience that when you were my age but like i hope you can now for the rest of your life yeah it's sad too because your mom's beautiful yeah and she was beautiful and she is beautiful and like she could be hot like she just needs a little bit of tweaking and like, was who she doesn't... a pageant girl model and a pageant girl Tell me. My... like i've seen her what was it in like that red red dress uh i'm sure there was like you a, know what i'm talking there's, about there's like a green one there's been... green yeah bright green The green yeah dress. like lime my yeah. parents met both modeling mm. and so it's just like y'all are hot like you just have to like do upkeep but also it's like you know it
1: doesn't even matter what you look like what you exude about how you feel about yourself is honestly the more attractive piece
0: it's so true an outfit that you love and that you feel hot in will go so much further than like an outfit you're uncomfortable in for sure.
1: And that took me a long time to learn too. Cause I'd be like, I know that this is a good looking outfit. Why does it look good on me? Oh, because I don't feel good in it.
0: And I, you can tell that <laughs> you could see it. That's actually like one thing my mom really taught me is like always buying clothes for your body. And, um, that's something I think I'm really good at is I buy c- clothes that really accentuate the parts of my body that I want to accentuate. Yeah. It's important.
1: And hard to learn though when mm-hmm. everybody has different bodies, you know, and like you see something on a friend and you're like, oh, I want to wear yeah. that. It doesn't look the same on you. And when you're a kid, that's that can like hurt you. <laughs> like
0: you hurt your own feelings. Oh yeah. Like. I'm sh- I'm sure you felt the same way. Like when I was a kid, I was always like the tallest, and I was always the biggest, and I always had the biggest feet, and so I could never share clothes. Oh my god, with anyone. I've been this tall since sixth grade. Same, yeah. I've had the same foot. I'm I'm a nine and a half, and I've had it since I was six. Me too, sixth grade. Yeah, like it's. I think you and I are the only. You're. I think you're the only friend that I've ever been able to share clothes with comfortably. Like, mm-hmm. I remember I wore your shoes out once when I was in Tampa, and like we shared clothes because. You were all I got, sister. I know.
1: And that was amazing because all like all my friends in Tampa too are so little. And it would be so frustrating for me. Like, how the fuck are you wearing that? Like we could never share anything. Like a sweatshirt that fit me normal on like my friend Alyssa, for example, was like this oversized hoodie. I'm like,
0: Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> anything. I was always attracted to like I was always friends with like small girls. And me too. I was, like, this sucks. This really makes me feel like I'm like this like behemoth behind them you know yeah like i used to feel like a big bitch and i'm just a regular sized human being <laughs> i still describe myself as a big bitch i think you've motivated me like literally I the first time my, <laughs> the first time my boss ever saw me in person we were at the airport and he like looks me up and down and he goes wow you're like a lot bigger than i thought you were and i was like yeah tom i'm a big ass bitch like <laughs> hey tom you're shorter than i thought you were gonna be <laughs> no, I, yeah well, i was like are you trying to say i'm fa- like i'm fatter <laughs> than you, I, you thought i was gonna be no but um <laughs> No, but people are surprised at how big I am. Like I'm sure you too. Like we're five eight. Like we're we make a presence. Yeah,
1: like we got the shoulders. We got the asses. Like this. Not small people. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. no, we
0: are not small people. Yeah, no. Got a nice compact rib cage, but. And you've got really good tits, so I'm very jealous of that. Oh, thank you. (laughs) But yeah,
1: I also think, sorry, one last piece, is just as we've gotten older, now a lot of my friends look like me. Like, I have tall friends. Like, Vicky is 5'10". Love that.
0: I used to always hang out with, like, and I don't know, this isn't on purpose, it just kind of happened this way, but. I think I only have one other friend that's, like, my size. Yeah, so it's nice. Her and I have, like, almost identical bodies in the way that we crystal. Um. In the way that we, like, we have almost, she has smaller feet than me. Mm. That's the only thing is, but like with sizes and stuff, we're like interchangeable, which is great because she has fantastic taste in clothing. (laughs) yeah
1: it makes it's so much fun when you can share clothes with someone especially when you haven't been able to for your whole life
0: and i feel like (laughs) when you go out with someone that's your size like tying it back to like the going clubbing like you just feel like a dynamic you almost feel like twins or like dynamic it just feels like a different type of vibe when you guys are like the same height and you guys can like fuck around with people in the same way and like you know like i was like one of my favorite things to do with crystal when we traveled the world just like we would just go out and fuck with people like you know guys like club promoters and like guys trying to like get with us like it was just so fun
1: yeah yeah i know what you mean and i also like when i used to go out with my very close friend Alyssa, who was little i always just felt like i was like towering over her like i'm her Mm -hmm. fucking babysitter or something i hated that (laughs) like it was yeah i was like the
0: the ugly friend that someone had had to hook up with yeah yeah
1: and but when you go out with people that are like the same height as you like to your point that's exactly how it feels like you're just more comfortable Yeah.
0: yeah and you feel like more powerful yeah yeah well We hope you have a fabulous Monday. We hope we brought the Friday energy to your Monday. Is this like our new tagline? Maybe.
1: (laughs) Friday energy on a Monday, perhaps.
0: Yeah. Oh, damn. Okay. Well, I love you and I hope you have a great night and I'll talk to you next week. Okay. Love you. Bye. That's another episode of Gabby Girls. Thank you for listening. Make sure to comment, rate, review, and subscribe.
1: Let us know what you think of us and the topics we talk about. We're not for
0: everyone, and that's okay. Bye, Jen. Love ya.
1: Bye, Kate. Love you more.